0: Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Good morning, everyone. Like Jenny said, I am Nathan Reed, and I am generally on Sundays found teaching the junior high and high school kids. And so if you ever want to know where I am, you just walk into the lobby and walk across the hall. you got to take a short right or you'll walk straight into a wall. But that's where I'm at. Um, so we spend a lot of time, my wife Kirby and I, and then Becca right here, and Ted Winkler is also in there quite a bit. We we work on teaching the junior high and high school kids. It's it's a fun job to do. Um, and I will tell you the, the coolest thing about students that are that age is they're at the space where they... Like are ready and willing to challenge us in everything we say, and I think it's great. Like it's a very good type of challenge. It's not like, oh, you're challenging me. I'm so angry. It's like no, this is good. This is a good discussion. Let's have it, um, because that's the kind of age when like your faith starts to become your own rather than like what your parents told you or what you're just told growing up. And so it's really it's a really cool spot to be. Um, I want to talk a little bit about baptism again. Uh, about like physically what we're going to do next week. I know Jenny made some announcements, but I want to clarify and make sure we have everything there because she didn't have her papers, in the mom brain, I'm sure, is real. So anybody know what time the service starts next week? 11. 11. Remember, it's the 11th, and church starts at 11. That's different than normal. But again, you come at 10, perfectly fine, plenty of work to do, plenty of things to help with. Um, also... If you are looking to bring food, bring hot dogs, bring any of the stuff that Jenny was talking about, GFS is a fantastic place to go. It's Bridgetown Embrace. They've got tons of food there. It's in like big giant packages, and it's all good. So, tell you that's the place to go. I'm going there after church today. So, if anybody sees me there, it's what we're there for. So, um, and an excavation as well. I will second that. It is a super 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 good class. It's fifteen dollars. It's pretty cheap and that's really just to cover the cost of the book. There's a test in the book that you can take that helps you kind of learn a little bit more about who you are. Um, for me, the class was super cool because I learned a lot of stuff about myself that is 100% how I am. But it was great to see that like, hey, this is who you are and this is a part of you and, and lean into that and use that. And so, one of the things for me that I, I got pretty highly scored on the on the test was being a learner. like. And if you know me at all, like I just like to know everything. And not in the way that's like, oh, actually, I'm gonna tell you this. But like I just like to learn and know things. Like That's just a thing I enjoy doing. It doesn't matter what it is, it could be some just random thing, great. I just want to learn it. Like This morning I was doing my sound check in here, and I was talking about FC Cincinnati, who's the soccer team we have here, who's the one that wins, right? It's fantastic, it's great. So I was down there last night at the game, and I was talking about the Chicago team they played and what field they play on, and I could tell you, like, all the teams that probably don't have their own stadium, and they play in this other team's stadium, and they do this and that, and why do I need to know that? Like, why does that matter? Is that useful? No, it's not. It's not useful. But I just know it, and I like it. So, so that's, like, that's about me, and that's who I am, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with knowing all the random facts about everything. It's just fun. I enjoy it. So, but there's also good things about it, too. So, like, we're going to talk today, again, about baptism. And, like, part of my learning, right, is I try to learn what's in the Bible. I try to learn what it says. I try to understand what's going on there. Like, I went to school for it, but then I've also, like, studied things and learned things, and it it becomes, like, a part of you in what you know. And so, when you're a person that likes to learn and when you're a person that likes to know things, you also, a lot of times, like to share them with people. And so... Um, that's, that's what I like to do. That's part of it for me. So before we get started into baptisms, I know that if you've been around for a while, you kind of know our story as a church and know kind of why we do baptisms the way we do what we do and kind of how it works. But if you haven't, I want to tell you a little bit about our uh, first baptism service we had here. I don't know how long ago it was. It's, it's been a while, but, um, so you have questions sometimes, too. People do. Like Ryan was talking about last week. People ask, like, oh, when are you doing baptisms? Or is it this week? Is it next week? When is it? Why don't you do it every week? Why don't you have, like, an actual baptistry you baptize people in? Or, like, what what is going on with that plastic tub that you have out there? Like, what's the deal? Right? So there's tons of questions about that. Why do we only do it a couple times a year? Why can't we do it every week? Huh. I got some answers for you. So, at vineyard west side a part of our history has been not having our own space so for a whole beginning of our time we didn't have our own space right met in various places i started coming here when we were meeting at the danbury theaters right so thinking about doing a baptism inside a movie theater that's not yours and you don't own it and you have to set things up like you got to get creative right and so made a decision to have baptisms in the parking lot and made a decision to make it a giant event because if we can't do something that's this cool every week we do it in the summer and we make it a cool thing, we make it a fun service, make it a fun day, right? Because baptisms are a great thing. They're a fun thing. And so that's kind of where our tradition was born. Not really out of like, hey, we think this is a great idea. We're like, hey, this is what we have to do because this is the only way we can do it, right? So With that decision to start baptizing people in the parking lot of a $2 movie theater on the west side, we had to say, like, well, how are we going to do this, right? We're meeting in a movie theater, so we don't have, like, the equipment to do this stuff. Like, we got to have a place to dunk people. And this also needs to be a place for people to sit, right? Because, you know, when you have a movie theater where you meet for church, you don't have to worry about chairs because they're already there. So, one day, a young intern at Vineyard Westside, that's me in the story, and a young pastor, that is Ryan Detzel, set out on a journey in a deep into the woods of Delhi to pick up a giant flatbed truck from a man that used to go to church here. We were told, and remember, we were told this was like a flatbed that like anybody could drive, like hey, maybe it's just, like, one of those shorter ones. It's, like, maybe a little bit bigger than a regular truck, but not, like, one of the giant ones. No, no. It was one of the giant ones. It was, like, the full-size thing, and we, like, go into the woods in this guy's property and get this thing. And we show up, and we're like, oh, crap. And Ryan's like, uh, I've never driven anything this big before. I'm like, neither have I, but I guess we got to figure it out, right? And it was a manual transmission. So a big truck that you've never driven before, the manual transmission, took... Some effort for Ryan to get that thing moving at the beginning, but he figured it out, we were good. And so then our journey took us to Vineyard Northwest. So if you see those green chairs that we bring out from time to time, those green plastic chairs, that's where they came from. So we went there with this giant truck, picked up all these chairs that they said, hey, you guys can take these chairs, you can use them. We're kind of partners, right? We're doing the same thing, we're working together. So we got these giant load of green chairs, got them all strapped onto this truck, So we had the chair situation taken care of. And then after that, we said, hey, we gotta go get something to dunk people in, right? Baby pool, probably not big enough, right? You gotta change the water a lot in that thing. And so the brilliant idea was arrived at by, I don't know who, but was to go to Tractor Supply and they got these giant plastic tubs that usually animals drink out of. But this is where we're gonna baptize people, right? So we picked this thing up, and it's the only one we've ever had, right? It's not like we've gone and bought different ones over the years. Like, the one we have is the one we have. A lot of times, it sits right over there, upside down, with a cloth draped over it. The cross stands on top of it. It's, it's part of it for us, right? And so we followed that with this great day of baptism, where, like, tons of people are getting baptized and in the parking lot of the Danbury. I mean, who, who would think you'd get baptized in the parking lot of the Danbury, Right? super super cool, right? So, I remember another time we were in that parking lot and we were tearing everything down and we all got baptized after church because there was a storm coming and I remember I went home and I was soaking wet. Like Chris, you're not in your head cuz you were probably there. Um, but like that that's just part of us, right? Like it's part of who we are as Vineyard Westside and it's part of how we baptize people here, right? We also have a baptistry in this building. It's right there behind that cross. We've place some things over the front of it. If you look at that thing up there, nope, you'd much rather use that plastic tub because I'll tell you, if we filled it with water, you'd probably see it coming out of that wall right there because I'm sure it's not, like, it's not been used in a lot of years and it's not in great shape. But it's there, right? And that's where people used to get baptized in this building when they were facing that way for the stage, which is where people are sitting now, and they would draw curtains back and people would get baptized up there, right? Just different than how we do it, right? So... We baptize people a couple times a year, mainly because it works for us, right? Do you think that so? Like, you know, if you want to get baptized today, if you want to get baptized tomorrow, is somebody from Vineyard Westside gonna go? Nope. We only baptize this year on June 11th. Can't get baptized any other time. I'm sorry. Go figure it out. No, nah, right? Like, if you can find a baby pool in someone's backyard, if you can find like a stream, a pond, a lake, the Ohio River, who cares, right? It's water. You can be baptized in it, right? That is just how we celebrate this as a family and as a group, right? We have a huge party to celebrate people committing to Jesus because it's that big of a deal to us, right? It's a giant deal when you choose to do that. So I want you first to get excited about next weekend, and I want you to come out ready to celebrate all of our friends who are joining us, right? Because that's what we're doing. If you've been baptized before and you're not getting baptized, service is still for you. It's, it's probably one of the coolest services we have because you can see people that you've like gone to church with, people that you know, people that you've met, walk up there and get baptized. And you're like, oh, this is so cool. Like, for me, I grew up in like a Christian church, Church of Christ kind of thing. Usually for us, most of the baptisms you are going to see are like kids getting baptized when they've grown up in the church. They've decided when they're like, you know 10 11 years old they're like hey i like this jesus thing i'm gonna get baptized we're good to go right but what you see here is a lot different here you see a lot of adults getting baptized because like a lot of people that have come here didn't start out their lives as a person that's a christian or didn't start out their lives going like hey i'm gonna live for god for my entire life we started out differently right and it's so meaningful when you see somebody that's like 65 years old walking up and going you know what Now's the time that I'm going to say I'm going to follow Jesus. And it's just super cool. Like, it's, a lot, it's so meaningful because you know those people. And if it's you, you know what you've been through in your life. You know all the things that you have spent time in and doing. And you're like, hey, even after all these years, I'm making this decision. And I think that's, that's a much, much bigger deal to me. So a couple weeks ago, I was up here um, teaching. So Ryan this week is up in Sandusky with one of his kids at a soccer tournament a couple weeks ago. He just had a regular week off, so he's good. Everything's good there. He's enjoying the weather probably up by the lake. It's probably a little cooler up there. So, but a couple weeks ago when I talked, I talked about cycles, right? So cycles within the earth, cycles we humans go through in our faith. So we've got, you know, we've got our faith, right? We have it. Then we sin, then we get redeemed, and then we have faith again, and then we sin again and get redeemed, right? You see that cycle over and over again. We also know that Jesus came to break that cycle for us. Last week, Ryan talked about baptism. I'm going to give you another dose of baptism this week. I listened to what Ryan talked about last week, and I want to give a little bit more and a little bit different take on it. Not different as far as like, hey, you're going to learn something opposite what Ryan said, but just a different aspect of it to talk through. I want you to see that baptism is a part of the cycle of our faith, just like a shower is in the part of the in a shower is part of the cycle we go through every day in our lives well maybe every day for some of us not every day for others it's okay we still do it sometimes right it's part of our cycle it's what we do it's part of being a human right we live we get dirty we get clean we live we get dirty we get clean baptism is very 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 similar right so the ancient israelites way way back even before jesus they used to ritually cleanse themselves when they sinned to be pure before God. You read, like in the book of Leviticus, in the early books of the Bible, how when they sinned, they had to go cleanse themselves. They had to be washed. They had to be clean and pure before God. If there was something certain about your body, like you got a skin disease or you had something else going on, tons of rules in Leviticus, you had to go cleanse yourself to be pure with God. That's part of what They did. So see, this baptism thing isn't just like Jesus came and he's like, hey, let's start dunking people under the water to clean them spiritually. No. This was a thing that they did. It wasn't anything new when you see people getting baptized. You're like, you know, you could see people getting baptized somewhere, walking down the road, and you're like, cool, these guys are getting clean, and you just move on. You're not like, what the heck is going on over there? What are those people doing? It's crazy. So it was a normal thing. So when Jesus and John and all the people that talked about baptism in the Bible— It wasn't like they were telling people anything they didn't know about already. They were like, yeah, of course you get baptized. Because you get dirty spiritually and you have to get clean. Or you sin or you get a disease. You have to go get clean before you can come back to the people. It's a normal, normal thing for them. So when our baptism comes, it's different. It's not about, hey, I had chicken pox, so I have to go get washed in the water before I can come back from this contagious disease. It's not that at all. It's different. We're getting baptized to cleanse ourselves from the sin that's coming to our lives. So we baptize ourselves in that way, or we get baptized in that way, just like when we take a shower, we get baptized to clean our physical body, right? It washes that away. So when Jesus came, things changed. And we're going to talk about, first, when Jesus got baptized, right? Because I think it's important when we look at the Bible and we look at like what we're doing as Christians, we're supposed to be like Jesus. So I think it's important, like let's go look and see what Jesus did and how we can follow his example. So as a lot of you know, I like to read not just like a couple verses at a time, like I like to read some Bible because the way I see it is the Bible's telling the story in a much better way than I could ever tell it. So why not just let it do its thing? So we're going to first go to Matthew 3. So we're going to read quite a bit here. So where this is, is we've got Jesus kind of just starting out in his ministry. He's not, like, doing a whole lot yet. He's wandering around with his disciples. They're kind of doing some things, but here's kind of a turning point. So we see, in those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, "'Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. "'This is he who was spoken of through the prophet of Isaiah.'" a voice of one calling in the wilderness prepare the way for the lord make paths make straight paths for him john's clothes were made of camel hair and he had a leather belt around his waist his food was locusts and wild honey people went out to him from jerusalem and all judea and the whole region of the jordan confessing their sins they were baptized by him in the jordan river so they got john the baptist He's preparing the way for Jesus. He was foretold in the book of Isaiah. He's doing his job, right? He's a little weird, right? Some crazy dude out there wearing animal skins, a leather belt, eating bugs and honey. Okay, a little weird. But he's out here, he's baptizing people in the Jordan River. This is before Jesus even talks about baptism. So you can see they're already getting baptized before Jesus tells us to, right? But when he saw... Many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with Abraham as our father. I told you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with his unquenchable fire. So here we're seeing, right? I already told you, John's baptizing people. There's other people baptizing people. Everybody getting baptized, right? Not a weird thing. But he's saying, look, I'm doing this now, when this other dude Jesus comes it's going to be different. It's going to be more. It's going to mean something different than me out here dunking you to cleanse you from your skin disease or from something you did yesterday that you thought was kind of dumb, right? It's going to be different. It's going to be a bigger deal. This guy's coming to change things. And then all of a sudden we see this next. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So, got this whole situation here, right? You kind of see the background of what John the Baptist is doing. And then you see Jesus coming up and going, hey, you need to baptize me. This is what we need to do, right? So first, Jesus is setting an example for us, right? He's showing us, hey, this is something I need you to do. This is something you should do. This is something that I've done, and so I want you to do this as well. So, Jesus is God's son, right? Jesus is sinless. He hasn't done anything wrong. Why the heck is he getting baptized, right? It's not really a reason for it. It's not like, hey, I'm going to get baptized for the forgiveness of my sins, but I have no sins, so what's the point, Right? I think some of the point here is to say, hey, let me show you something I need you to do. Let me show you why you need to do it, and let's talk about this, right? And I think you also see what happens when Jesus gets baptized. The heavens open. God sends a dove down and says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. So you see a second. You see God going, hey, this is a good thing he just did. And so I'll be honest with you. If God is telling Jesus that he did a good thing, and the thing he did, and he makes a big deal about opening up heaven and sending a bird down to say good job, probably something I want to do too, right? So, we are here as Christians, right? Little Christs, in quotes, to follow Jesus' example. We talk so often about, hey, well, we got to love like Jesus, we have to... You know, walk like Jesus, we got to talk like Jesus. Well, we should probably get baptized like Jesus too, right? It's kind of a thing about following his example, right? Is there anything magical about it? No, right? Is heaven necessarily going to open for every single one of you that gets baptized and a dove come down and God saying, good job? No, I mean, you might see that yourself. You might feel that kind of feeling. I mean, if you've been baptized before, you know it. There's something to it, right? But it's different for every person baptism is a symbol of our old life dying right we get dunked down into that water and it's a spot where we kind of go into the grave like Jesus did and we come back up and that's where that term born again comes from right we've died and we're born once again right and so The concept of being born again, right? We hear that a lot, and it doesn't always have a positive theme to it. We're like, oh, those born-again Christians. But, like, I want you to think about that, being born again. So I don't know if any of you, well, I know some of you have kids, but if you do, have you ever seen when they, like, get, like, everywhere, and you're like, are you trying to go back inside? Are you trying to get born again? You don't fit, right? And have you ever seen a kid? They're a lot bigger, when they grow, than when they are born, right? And so the concept of being born again is a little bit weird, right? Because can any of us be physically born again? No, we can do that one time, right? Like you get born one time, that's it. Only chance you get to be born is once. And so there was a guy in the Bible, he was a rabbi, he was a really smart dude, he was one of the good guys, right? that kind of questioned Jesus on this. His name is Nicodemus. So what we see in John 3, Nicodemus is like, dude, you're talking about being born again? I don't understand this, right? And don't think that people in the ancient world weren't smart, right? He's trying to think through this. This isn't a term. This isn't a concept that he's heard before. So if we think about some crazy, like, scientific concept that we've never heard before, and we're going and asking the scientists that created it questions about it, well, he's going to know But, like, we have a reason to not know. This being born again, this concept that Jesus is talking about, is different. So in John 3, it says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night. That's kind of important, right? If you're kind of scared about stuff and you're like, hey, I don't want to be seen, that's when you go somewhere at night, right? He said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you were doing if God weren't with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Hmm, this is weird. How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Clearly, it's not going to work. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked dude is still wondering what the heck is going on, right? But it kind of looks a little bit clear when we look at it now, right? You get born of the flesh, right? When you're physically born from your mom's body, that's when you're born of the flesh. But there's a second birth that has to happen when you're born of the water and of the spirit. And that's what Jesus is hitting on here. You're Israel's teacher, said Jesus, because Nicodemus wasn't just like A dude that was a teacher, he was like a big deal teacher, like one of the top guys, one of the top men. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we've seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one's ever gone to heaven except for the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. And so here we go into, like, probably the most famous verse in Scripture. And oftentimes we don't hear it in its context, right? We don't hear what's going on around it when we get to John 3.16, Because everybody's just like, oh, here it is. We know John 3, 16. Great. It's a great verse. Ton in there. It means a lot. But when you see that, like, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and trying to help him understand, like, what Jesus' purpose is here, what he's doing, why he's doing it. This is why it's so key and so important. Because he says here, he says, for God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. So remember, we're talking about being born again. We're talking about getting baptized, right? Because Jesus is, it's no secret here, he's saying like, the physical being born again from the water and the spirit, that is what he's referring to here. But then he goes on and he talks about all this stuff you know you got john 3 16 and all the stuff that follows it and then he says it may be plainly seen that what they have done has been done in the sight of god that's why we do this publicly generally because we want to show and we want people to see that hey in the sight of all of you and god this is what we're doing have you ever been to a wedding right in the sight of god and all these witnesses we're getting married and the sight of God and all these witnesses were getting baptized. Very, very similar. And we'll get to that in a minute. So after this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now, John, who was baptizing at Anon near Salim, because there was plenty of water and the people were coming and being baptized. This is before John was put in prison. I like the little parentheses sometimes. Like, hey, just remember, this is before John went to jail. Well, of course it was, because he was not in jail. Um, And this is kind of where we're seeing some parallels between the Gospels, right? So we kind of went through some stuff in Matthew and talked about Jesus getting baptized. This is kind of like right along the same vein, but John's got a different perspective than Matthew has, and like Mark and Luke have different perspectives as well, just because it's like anytime you see an event and I see an event we may have a slightly different account of it because we saw something a little bit differently or something stuck out to us more than others. So an argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing, right? So we're getting into this. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, Jesus, the one you testified about, Look, he's baptizing, everybody's going to him. Okay, they're being weird, right? They're like, but you baptized us, why is he doing it too? Who cares? So to this John replied, a person can only receive what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom or attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him. And is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine. And it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. Right? We're talking about the bride and the bridegroom. John's just the best man. Right? He's like, hey, I'm coming to say this dude is coming. He's getting married. This is really cool. And then I'm done. Right? You go to a wedding, you don't see the best man generally being like, hey, guys, I'm the best man. It's me. Today's about me. No right? It's not. I mean, you see him and he's an important part of it, just like John the Baptist is an important part of all of this, but he's not the main character and he knows it, right? He says, this guy's better than me, lift him up, and then I'm going to back away. And you see, that's what happens after this, right? So I think it's just really cool to see that. So a lot's happened. We've gone through a ton right here, right? Jesus met with a super, super smart guy, who just doesn't understand what he's saying? Nicodemus was not dumb. He wasn't a dense man sitting there going, I don't understand Jesus talking about getting in the water and being born again, and I, I just don't get it. Like he didn't. But it wasn't because he was not a smart man. He was a very smart man. If you were a rabbi in that time, you had to be smart. I mean, they like memorized like all of the first five books of the New Testament or Old Testament. And not just memorized. You'd be like, hey, can you tell me what blah, 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 blah is? And they're like, yeah, it's this, 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 this. They had to know it forwards, backwards, upside down, inside out. So you could say, hey, tell me what it says right here. And they could immediately do it, right? When an actor like memorizes a script for a play they're in or a movie they're in, they memorize it in order. They're not generally expected to like jump back and forth. And it's a feat to memorize something like that. It's a big deal. It's difficult. But imagine... What you have to do and how smart you have to be to memorize all that stuff. Like, There's so much stuff in there. I'm like, I, don't, I can't memorize all that. I'm going to John 3.16, that's pretty good, right? So their memory verse was way longer than ours. Um, so we roll from that right into the example of what we should do, right? He's like, hey, I don't get it. Well, let me tell you how we should do this. Baptism isn't a thing that Jesus created. It's not. We talked about that already. Long before Jesus came, again, they were getting dunked. They were getting put under the water, right? Jesus changed the game on this and made it different, just like he did with so many other things. It's what he came to do. He came to change things. He came to say, hey, you're doing this. Hey, that's cool. Now we're going to do it this way because it's different now, right? And you see between one side and the other, there's Jesus, right? He's the one that all this hinges on. He's the one that brings the change from the Old Testament ways to the New Testament ways. He's the one that comes and says, hey, you don't got to sacrifice doves and goats and sheep anymore. You don't have to do that anymore because I'm going to sacrifice myself. Things are changing. When we get baptized, it is a complete act of surrender. If you've ever been baptized, you are sitting there, you're allowing another person to to grab your face, hold you under the water, and trust that they're going to bring you back up, right? Yeah, you could fight them, I'm sure, but like that's what you're doing. It's a symbolic act of surrender, right? Because you are. You are essentially helpless when you are allowing somebody else to do that to you, right? And so it's very, very, very similar to a wedding, right? When you get married you are surrendering to another person right that's part of it your life changes you're different because you've made that choice see kind of the way that that i I can see baptism is that's like our wedding to god right that's when we say hey i'm going to come in front of all these people and say you're mine and i'm yours right just like you do at a wedding You walk down the aisle, the bride and the groom stand in front of all these people and they say, I'm yours, you're mine, I'm yours, you're mine, right? It's what we do at weddings. You've all seen it. So now, like, could could you go to somebody and say like, hey, you're my person, I'm your person and not get married? Yeah, you can, right? But it means something different, right? And so kind of the way that I think of it and the way I see it is (laughs) baptism is the ring that seals our commitment to god you go in front of everybody you say hey we're getting married here's a ring here's a ring that's a symbol of your commitment just like baptism is the symbol of your commitment to god and kind of caps off that wedding ceremony right that's what we're doing next week we're saying hey god i'm yours and you're mine i want to show everybody this i want to commit to this i want to say like this is what I'm doing. This is who I am and what I believe in front of all these people, right? Can you get married in front of one or two people? Yeah. Can you get baptized in front of one or two people? Yeah, you certainly can. It doesn't have to be in front of 200 people. It doesn't have to be in front of thousands of people. It can be in front of a few, right? I mean, there's some very meaningful baptisms that happen when it's just two or three people in a room together, right? That's meaningful, Sometimes baptism is meaningful when there's a hundred people with you. It doesn't matter, right? It's just like a wedding. So I think in our world now, we don't have a lot of things that are like ceremonial and meaningful like baptism is. We don't have like a ton of rituals and things like that have been done for thousands of years. This is one that we do have though. And I think it's one of the most meaningful things we can do in our walk with God to show everybody that (laughs) this is our commitment. So, like Ryan said last week, do we have to do it? Do you have to do baptism or are you going to hell? No, you don't, right? Should you do it? Yeah, right? I don't feel like God is sitting up in heaven with his clipboard, his Kevin Horgan clipboard going, did you get baptized? Check. You get in. Did you give at church? Check. You get in. It's not doing that. It's not what it's about. Baptism, baptism. Is something that seals that commitment. It's putting the ring, it's putting the ring on it, right? It's what's what you're doing there. And so you can see an example of this, right, in the Bible. So Jesus is up on the cross. Right? We've heard this story before. One guy on one side, one guy on the other. One is just being a complete jerk. One is like, hey, there's something to what you're saying, and I want to I follow you, right? These dudes are getting executed, right? And Guy says, hey, I'm in, I believe in you, I get what you do. And Jesus says, hey, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Did that guy have time to get baptized? No, he didn't, right? Is he going to hell? No, because Jesus said he's not, okay? So should you get baptized? Yes, you should. It follows the example that Jesus set for us. Okay? So if you have any doubts about that, the answer is yes. You you should do it. I'd love to see any of you that haven't gotten baptized before get baptized next Sunday. Okay? There's sign-ups for it. We can do that. Or honestly, if you just show up and you're like, hey, this is what I want to commit to. This is what I want to do. We're not going to turn you away and say, well, sorry, you didn't sign up. You can't do this, right, I would love to see that, it's super cool, it's like my favorite service of the year, bar none, hands down, anytime we do baptism, it's, it's the best, because you got the music, and you got the people, and you got people crying, and laughing, and hugging people, like it's just super awesome, so, and I think the really, really cool part about it, in the way we do this, it is so much like a wedding, right, so you have the wedding, right, if you've been to one, I'm sure most of you have, right, You get the wedding, you get the big ceremony, the bride and the groom and the rings and the kissing and the I do and all that stuff, right? What do you do after a wedding? You have a party, right? There's a reception, and that's what we do. So see, I think the way we do baptism is completely in line and completely a great example of what it should be, right? Because you do it, you have the ceremony, and then you have a celebration afterwards right? You have a party. We're going to cook out. We're going to have hamburgers and hot dogs and chips and drinks, and we're all going to mingle and talk to people that just got baptized, and there are going to be people soaking wet. There are going to be people crying. There are going to be people having just the best day of their lives, right? But we're having a party, and that's the super cool thing about the way we do it is we are celebrating the fact that all these people have chosen this, and we're celebrating their wedding, and so I want you all to be here next week. Even if you're not a person getting baptized, come enjoy it, right? You're all invited to the wedding. You're all invited to the reception afterwards. You don't have to RSVP. None of that. Um, but it's it's super exciting, right? And and it's it's just great. I can't I can't say it enough how awesome it is. It's a time of joy, and we'll all join together at the reception afterwards. So I'm going to pray when we wrapped up. God, thank you for today, and uh, thank you for. Everything you've done for us, everything you do for us, and everything you will do for us. God, if there's anyone on the fence about getting baptized, I pray that you just kind of help them along onto the side of the fence where that's a decision that they want to make, to spend that time with you and to fully commit to life with you. Bring them here next week. Let them be ready to be baptized. Keep us all safe and bring us back Bring us back next week. Amen. Also, one other logistical thing before we leave today. If you do plan on getting baptized next week, you should probably bring like a change of clothes if you want and a towel, or you'll be walking around wet and we don't want that. So prayer team will be up here. Have a great week. We'll see you next week at the party. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.